Yeah, goals are fantastic. Goals kind of really give me my drive every day because you just really keep pushing. Uh, but when I was in college, I had a professor that always said, uh, proper prior planning avoids piss poor performance. Hello and welcome back to the Go Vertical Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We are excited to have uh, Trent Anderson joining us this week. Um, so Trent runs a business with his dad uh, called Fire Protection Specialists down in La Crosse or near La Crosse, Wisconsin. Um, and so we're excited to talk to him about just some of the challenges of running a business with the uh, with a, you know his dad and um, setting goals and stuff like that, and so this is going to be an awesome conversation. With that being said, gentlemen, are you ready to go vertical? Let's go. All right. Let's go. Here we go. Warren, <clears throat> let's go vertical with the tip of the week. All right. So last night I thought this one thought of this one, and the tip of the week is if you if you waddle with the pigs, you're going to get muddy. <laughs> Uh, I have a little two-and-a-half-year-old that we're fostering right now, and he was out in the shop with me, and uh, we were working on some things. And all of a sudden, I looked, and he had oil all over himself. I mean, head to toe, got it all over stuff, and, he, and I mean, he's covered in engine oil. And here, I had a pail set out of, of motor oil that I had changed out of one of my trucks, and I didn't get rid of it yet or put a lid on it. And it's like if you put a two-and-a-half-year-old in a garage with an open pail of engine oil, he's going to get it all over himself, like, no matter what. And this kid is like, he's a neat freak. Like, he likes everything really clean. But he still went in there. So I guess the tip is, as a business owner, uh, be very careful what kind of mud you get close to or just stay away from it altogether. Uh, you know, if you're hanging out with people who have bad business tactics, who maybe cheat on their taxes or are unethical in their business, you hang out with them too long, uh, you're going to start to lower your standards and you're going to get muddy. So that'd be my advice is in your personal life, definitely be careful who you surround yourself with. But even in business, be careful the business owners you surround yourself with are ethical um, and that are upright businessmen because it'll it'll come back and get you money. Yeah, awesome. That's a great tip. Another one I've heard is, uh, what do they say, you can't fly with the eagles if you walk with the turkeys. Uh, yep. So, yep. <clears throat> that, I love that. That's great. Uh, yeah, as as I mentioned at the top, we are joined by Trent Anderson. Trent, thanks so much for taking some time to hang out with us on the podcast today. We're excited to hear from you and, and get your perspective on some things. So I'm going to get started. We have some questions that we like to ask our guests just to kind of get to know you a little bit better and, and uh, help our listeners to get to know you. So the first question is, can you just start off by just describing what you do in a sentence or two or give us your elevator pitch? Yeah. Well, thank you guys for the time. So like Nick said, my name is Trent Anderson. I work for <coughs> Fire Protection Specialist as an account manager and also co-owner of Reliant Coatings. So basically, I sell commercial fire protection services to commercial businesses. So I can come in, help protect your building against a fire, and then also go up on the roof and protect against leaks from water. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't think Nick knew that about you, so that's, that's I know awesome. I didn't that's, realize that. I when did you guys research. start? 
Yeah, when did you guys start Reliant Coatings? Uh, August of 21. It's about okay. a little over a year ago. Yep, yeah. just over a nice. year. That's awesome. Super exciting. So what do you spend most of your time doing day to day? So every day is different because I'm just kind of, I mean, being in a small business, you kind of have to wear every hat, but usually it's customer relations and just taking care of customers. So it's going out, whether it's cold calling to pick up new customers or just facilitating existing customers and just kind of their needs. So that's definitely priority mm -hmm. for the day. Well, kind of write down my checklist and every, every step, like the first five steps are taking care of customers. And then from there, it's kind of addressing admin needs. So if we have to set up new insurance benefits and other admin stuff, I guess, setting up a new uh, marketing strategy, kind of each day is different, but that's definitely a focus is customer than everything else. Yeah, nice. What is one thing that keeps you awake at night? Pretty, I guess, not doing my best job during the day. So if I get into, let's say I had a customer meeting and I missed just saying this one phrase and I knew that would have been more beneficial for the customer to hear than what I was saying, I'll think about that nonstop. Mm. Or if I was out on a job and I cut corners because I was lazy or had to get home, I'll uh, think about that constantly. Yep. Yeah. That nice. definitely keeps great. me up. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, what do you like to do when you're not working? I definitely prefer to work, but I, I know that balance is necessary because you can stay <laughs> rejuvenated if you actually have some that, that clear break. So my wife, Luann, is actually really helpful with that because she'll just keep me entertained. She'll be like, let's go do this or let's watch like this brand new TV show. So I just basically when I get done with work, I would just want to hang out with her. We'll sit and chat all night and we get these little activity books. Mm -hmm to go over questions, like talk about your marriage and just like learn this or like a specific question that you wouldn't actually ask your spouse. So we use, we get like hundreds of those just so we could go through them all the time if we're bored or watching TV. So that's my first thing I like to do after work or if I can't work, it's hang out with Lou or it's just kind of stay productive, active at the house, whether that's taking care of the lawn or doing all the laundry just because I want to stay moving. That's kind of the best thing. And then also hanging out with friends. It's always nice to just refresh and be able to have an open conversation without it being about work. Yeah. Love it. I know it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting because we're doing this podcast like, I'm seeing a trend of people who are entrepreneurs, which here again, Trent, you know, two different companies he's working with. One wasn't enough, even though he has an awesome opportunity there. Um, he's trying to make the best out of life, what, like what he said with the customer. He wants to do the very best for them. But I'm seeing a trend of like 
as an entrepreneur, sometimes we have to be intentional about having hobbies and having a balance in our life. And then there's a lot of other people in our life who have to be intentional about working more. And it's like they have a hard time getting their 40 hours in. They they want to like stop and go do a hobby after 35 hours. And I don't remember ever really being that way. Uh, but I'm the same way. Like I have to be intentional about spending time with my family and intentional about having a hobby when it's so easy especially when you're involved in a couple different companies mm -hmm. and there's so many things going on because in our head we're like, I can always do more. I can always do more. Like you're measuring Trent against Trent. Like, hey, Trent can do better. Trent can put in more hours. Trent can talk to more customers. So it's interesting. You've you mentioned right. something that many people have already mentioned is like I would prefer to work over play, which is phenomenal. I think that's amazing. Well, yeah, it's like my routine is I, I try to stick to a routine because it's helpful for Luann. So I'll try to get home by six at the latest. But when I get home at 6, I'm like, oh, I have four hours to do work for Reliant Coatings, whether that's putting bids out there or following up with customers or whatever the, uh, the topic is that day. So every time I get home, I never think, oh, let's just hang out. It's always, let's just jump to the next thing. I got some time. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel like I'm the same way. And I, and you'll get better at, and I Nick Nick is probably better at this than I am, but you'll get better at it. Um as time goes on, um, as you grow in your businesses, it's especially like you're, it's like a startup, like you're doing, it takes a lot of time and attention. It's like a baby when it's born, you got to, mm -hmm. you know, change its diaper and feed it every couple hours. But as it grows, um, it's, it's sometimes it's self-entertaining. And, and I think with your business, sometimes it'll, it'll work on its, on its own. You won't have to pay attention to it quite as closely. Uh, you always can, but it isn't required. But yeah. yeah, startups, startups take somebody who's all in, for mm -hmm. sure. So, Nick, I didn't mean yeah. to butt in. I just thought I had to make that comment. Uh, no, no. I'm seeing a trend. <laughs> yep, I know. I, I think that when we ask that and a lot of people say, it's like, well, I kind of work for fun. It's like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing, Trent. It was good to yeah get to know you a little bit better there and, and hear from you. Um, so, I'm wondering, and, and uh, hopefully I don't steal your thunder too much here, Warren, but... Um, do you so do you run both businesses with your dad? Yeah, so uh, fire protection specialist is with my dad. He is the main principal owner, and I run that with him. And then my um, mm -hmm. with Reliant Coatings, I run that with two other partners. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Um, so what is it like on? I guess with the the fire protection specialist, because I know a lot of people have you know family businesses like that where they're working with, um, you know, a parent, a dad or mom or whatever it is. Um, what what is that like, and and what are some of the challenges you have? Because um, I know it can have it certainly have its challenges, you know, especially if they've been doing it one way for a long time, and you see maybe a a newer way of of doing things as things evolve. Um, what are some challenges you face in that, and maybe what are some things you've learned of kind of overcoming those hurdles? Yeah, so I've, basically ever since I've been alive, my dad has owned the company. And my whole life, I've always had like that entrepreneurship bone just because he's done it, so I wanted to do it. And he just talked mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, but he never forced me into the business. It was never, hey, Trent, you have mm -hmm. to take over after me. And uh, basically, I got done with school, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go start my own thing, make my own name. And he's like, Trent, 
I just want you to come in and if you hate it, you can quit and you never have to come back. I just want you to see it. So I came in and uh, just fell in love. And I think that was a great approach for him because he was not forceful. It was, it was totally my decision mm -hmm. to come in. Uh, so I just appreciate that from him because then I, he allowed me to fall in love with the company and what we're doing before things got challenging. And then they definitely <coughs> get challenging just because it's father-son dynamic. It's He can tell me what to do and I kind of have to do it. So it's almost you have this mm -hmm. expectation of doing more and always stepping up. And if I ask you to get this done, you have to get it done. So I found that right away was a bit tough because I was working crazy hours just to facilitate all the, the demands in a sense, not quite demands, but just the tasks because he wanted me to mm -hmm. really learn the industry and it's a lot to learn. And he just wanted to, if you're going to take over, you got to learn all these things. So took an active, active approach. I just kind of pushed a little too hard. Uh, so the challenge with that is just the expectation of your father's the owner. If you want to be the successor, you got to be, you got to show it. Which I enjoyed, yeah. but also it's it's challenging. And then um, the differences because he grew up in a different generation than me. I also went to college and uh, learned a whole bunch of different things. I'm also very active in trying like that secondary education and just reading books and new tactics and stuff. So it was hard to just switch his mindset to mine. So we kind of mm -hmm. butted mm -hmm. heads for a time there just because we both were trying to run this company together, but also with totally different viewpoints. So we just kind of came together and we're like uh, identified wh who's good at what. So he's really good at just mm -hmm. like uh, vendor relations, speaking with customers, keeping people happy and just like maneuvering that way. He's also very creative, kind of that entrepreneurship in him where he has these great ideas, these marketing strategies or brand recognition ideas that he implements or he'll create the idea and then I'm more good on the organization and admin side. So he'll bring that to me for me to roll out. And we just found that dynamic works mm. extremely well. So it's challenging awesome. to, you know, I, yeah, the, the communication breakdown was the hard part. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's interesting, um, and I thank you for being, you know, just being open with us about, about some of the struggles and some of the benefits, because Nick worked maybe a little bit with his dad, but I would say more with his father-in-law, and I worked with my father and also my brothers, a couple of my brothers, and I would say all of these things... Um, you know, are important for any employee, you know, not expecting too much, um, who is good at what that is, that is great. And then communication, but I think it's easiest, these couple points you made, I think it's easier to mess up with family than it is with, with a, an employee that you hire. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's really easy to overlook these things. And so I'm, I'm glad you brought those up because we might have a father that's listening or a son that's listening right now that's in business with their father or son. Uh, most likely we do. And and you can write these things down and, and do like a little, you know, self-reflection. Like, am I, you know, if you're a dad, are you giving the son a choice or are you pushing him into it? I mentioned this on an earlier podcast when we had our brothers on, or maybe that one's still coming out. I'm not sure. I had my brother Nick and Perry on. And we asked the question, why did you get into commercial roofing? And we all agreed that like our dad and mom did not force us into roof coatings. They gave us a choice just like yours did. So I think that's the first point is like giving your son a choice or even if it's your brother or a cousin that you're asking to go into partnership with you or work for you, like 
hey, this is your choice. I'm giving you an opportunity, but and it's a great opportunity, but you've got to want it. And I think that was that was great. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Nick, back to you. I just I wanted to make that comment. Well, and I love also what you said about um, like you kind of had the realization of like instead of us trying to run the whole thing our way and butting heads like let's figure out what we're best at and let each person do their best job at what they're best at and work in harmony um i think that's super cool and a super great realization that i think a lot of people can learn from is like you don't have to run the whole thing you can work together to do like identify your strengths and and leverage that off each other um so that's that that's really and what has it been like i mean since you had that since you've set that up and now you're both kind of in your sweet spot, what, how has that changed the business? Yeah, it's definitely a lot smoother. Decisions that were so much harder to make before, just like you can make it in a, a split second and it works. Um, it's also just, I guess, kind of going back, it's, um, we found that if we just respect each other's opinion and just be objective in conversations with each other, it really just helps. But we find that we've had mm. consistent growth in the company when we work together. And if there's that bridge there that's mm -hmm. not gapped, I mean, it's it's not good. So we talk every day, probably yeah. five times a day, just to just keep things going. Even if we're just talking to say hello, there's always just something, Trent, did you get that done? Or Tom, did you get that done? And just making sure we're in line and always stay in line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> That's awesome. So, Trent, did you uh, – random question. Do you ever, ever have customers who are like, can I just talk to your dad about this? Oh, yeah, all the time. Or they're like – Or they'll, yeah. they're like, oh, I, Trent, I knew you when you were this high. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, awesome. Yeah. That's great, like lifelong customers. Yeah. Or the or, or I'll they're like, and I'll say, hey, you know my what? name's Trent. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I'll just say, hey, my name's Trent. They're like, what's your last name? So I always say, Anderson. You're, they're like, oh, you're Tommy's son. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always pretty cool. Uh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's great. And they know that you're running it together. That's that's awesome. So going forward, do you have plans? And and if you don't want to share some of this stuff, you know, we recorded here. That's that's totally fine. But like going forward, um, do you plan to transition into like a CEO or ownership position? Um, or have you guys talked about that? I'm sure you have. Um, I'm guessing he's probably kind of watching for the right time and your maturity level and everything. I'm sure he's a, a smart businessman. Uh, but what does it look like going forward? Yeah. So. Uh Definitely, uh, the plan is to kind of t run, go into that position of president, CEO, full owner. Um, right when I started, it was, Trent, once you hit the five-year mark, I'm ready to sell it to you. I'm at five years. He's like, ah, maybe another five years. So that's another thing that we're just kind of working out because he's been doing it for 31 years. He doesn't know life outside of work right now. So it's like he just, but he loves it so much, so he just wants to stay. But it's like every single day, he just gets a little less on his plate. So then that's where my transition is a bit more easy, and I appreciate that more because I can really be efficient in the steps that he's doing that I hadn't been. So um, there's no gaps or issues with the new 
takeover. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, you know, it's interesting. Within five years is kind of the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, our good friend Charles W. Herbster, which we've all met, he um, he always says that many owners and, and employers actually promote too quickly instead of too slowly. So a lot of employees think they deserve a promotion. But um, Charles will tell you that he, he has personally done it and he has also watched other owners do it where they promote somebody just because they like they've hit their five years or they he's like mm. he's he's more or less now he's being very very careful with promoting people uh, maybe sometimes a little bit longer even after he thinks they're ready um, so I thought that was interesting we often want to promote people quicker and give them a raise and you know give them a title um, but your dad being part of this for 31 year, years he he knows what it takes to run it um, mm-hmm. so it's cool to hear that you know you're trusting him in that and uh, you know some people sell their business to a family member or somebody else but they stay working there you know they take a position yep. at what they're good at um, and then another thing that I thought about was Charles always talks about having your employees in the right bus, in the right seat, headed the right direction. And if they're in the wrong bus, you know, it just doesn't click. And so it's important that they're in the right bus, in the right seat, going the right direction. Because mm-hmm. some companies have multiple buses. There's multiple positions available. And so mm-hmm. it's really interesting to hear that you guys are working out who who's driving which bus. And, you know, okay. obviously one day you'll probably own the whole fleet. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's it's very awesome to see you guys working together. Not not all father-sons can, can make it work. Um, mm-hmm. I worked with my dad for quite a few years, and I actually worked with him until he moved out of state. My mom and dad moved out of state, and then I worked with my brother for a couple of years. But we, you know, we had a we had a relationship where we would we would definitely yell at each other. But at the end of the day, we were great friends, and we ate dinner together. Um <laughs> We would we would definitely argue because it's interesting what you said about um, you have all these new ideas, right? So a lot of a lot of first generation entrepreneurs they build they they start something, and then like their family will take it on and build it huge. That's what happened with the Conklin Company, which we're all involved in. The the dad started it, and then the next generation blew it up. Or they built it big, and. And unfortunately, the third generation almost lost it. But they say the first generation starts it, second generation builds it big, and the third generation loses it. And so I think it's really important that like that transition happens correctly. That the dad lets the son build it, but then that the son, when he hands it on to his grand to the next generation, you know, keeps it going, uh, mm-hmm. creates a true legacy. Because really, what your dad has now is a legacy. He has a son who he can hand a business on to, and he thirty-one years didn't go to waste. Yeah. Um, he can see his son and his, maybe his grandson. I can't remember. I know you guys are expecting. I think it's public news. We are remember it's a grandson yeah. or a, grand, yep. a granddaughter. Yeah. 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 So super exciting. So, you know, maybe 20 years down the road, you're looking at passing that on to another generation. And that's, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, does that, do you have any comments on that trend as far as legacy goes and taking on something that your dad started? Yeah. So it's uh, definitely a big reason why I fell in love with it because, I mean, it helped create the life that I have but it's just like it's a true mm-hmm. image of how much I respect my dad is because I want his company to go on and now I love it as so so much as it if it's my own but I just yeah I just want I want to see FPS through to the third generation that's the goal I'm not leaving until a third generation mm-hmm. or I mean in the third generation I'm not it doesn't have to be my kid it could be my brother's son or daughter or even a co-worker's son or daughter I just want to see mm-hmm. that third generation take it and love it as much as we do and just keep it going 
That's yeah. awesome. But you know, yeah, Chick-fil-A, his main, a lot of. Go ahead. Yeah, his. Uh, he just talks about legacy all the time. So that's a lot of what our goals are too. It's just like, and that's why he wants to stay in because he's like, like three years ago, I was like, oh, I know so much about this business, I could run it today. He's like, Trent, don't get too, don't get too fast now. So I sat back and I was actually upset about it right away because I was like, why couldn't I? He's like, there's a lot more you haven't seen. So that was nice. But then, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of with that. Sorry, I lost my train of thought, actually. Okay. But you yeah, can always so, edit uh, out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with that. Okay, good. Yeah, if you could, just that small section. <laughs> but um, that was to the legacy, because I wanted to just, like, run, 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 go, go, go. And uh, he's like, no, because he wants the legacy. And he talks about it all the time. Mm -hmm. He's like, Trent, I want mm -hmm. this legacy. I want to be it. Because he gets offers all the time from these large businesses <coughs> to sell. Mm -hmm. He's like, I never will. And he's getting these mm -hmm. insane offers that are like way more than the company's worth. And he's like, I could take it today, but I'm not going to because I want the legacy to carry. Mm -hmm. So that's where I kind of mm -hmm. respected his decision on like, let's wait and let's make this right. Yeah, I love that. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Even in the past couple of weeks is legacy and like how... We were doing a, a study in our church um, and about prayer. It was like a 40-day prayer study. And, and the guy that wrote the study was talking a lot about like seeds and how the seeds you plant now may not grow for 20, 30 years or even for the next generation. You know, They might see the growth, but you may not see it. And just that legacy, and I've been thinking about that, even just business decisions. Like <clears throat> So often we get caught up in like today and tomorrow. And, but thinking about how you need to make a decision in business, like how does this affect 50 years down the road or, mm -hmm. or 20 years down the road or how does it affect my, my, you know, daughter when she grows up? Um, and it really helps you put things in perspective and things that seem like a big deal are not really that big of a deal. Um, when you think about what does this mean 20 years down the road, you know? Um, so I, I, yeah, I, legacy is, is a really, I think, important thing to really consider, especially in business is um to look way down the road like that <clears throat> and i think a great comparison of that is an old classic car you know if you take a car mm. let's say from the mid 50s and a farmer he bought it and he beat it up and he drove it hard he's like i'm just going to use this on my farm well it ended up in the junkyard 20 years later nobody ever saw it again it's turned into mm -hmm. scrap metal you take the same pickup the neighbor farmer has, and he takes care of it. And he's like, "Damn, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of this truck. I'm gonna keep it looking good. I'm gonna do my maintenance on it. I'm gonna keep the body looking good, and hopefully my son can drive it one day, or I'm gonna mm -hmm. sell it to, to a neighbor." And he takes care of it. And now, 70 years later, people have restored that. So they took very good care of it, but they've restored it. They've kept it clean. They've painted it, and it's more beautiful today and worth more today than ever before. Because mm -hmm. all those generations took care of it, and I, you know, when I look at an old car, and you guys can think of that too, when you see the next classic car, like that's how legacy works. Like if if we if we're not careful with the maintenance, if we're not careful with how the body looks, so that the aesthetics and taking care of the the little things, um, you know, in in ten years it's ready for the junkyard, especially up here in Wisconsin with the rust. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can compare our business to to a vehicle sometimes. Like hey, if we're gonna turn this into a fifty or seventy year classic car. Uh, that's going to be rolling 
and shining bright um, in 70 years, then we're going to have to be very careful because about 90% of vehicles end up at the dumps, you know, at the junkyard within 20 years. I believe it's 90, 90 to 95%. And so there's only a small chance of your business actually making it into a classic car. And so we have to we have to be very intentional with that. Um, but something I think about, and sometimes it takes restoration. Sometimes it takes taking the cab off and you know, doing a little overhaul on the engine, but, mm -hmm. you know, being willing to put in the time and money and effort to restore it, um, we can build that legacy. And I was going to make a comment about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is doing so, so good today, not only because it's third generation now with the, the Kathy family, um, but a lot of the operators, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of the operators who started Chick-fil-A's back in the 80s and 90s, their sons and grand, even granddaughters are now taking over those Chick-fil-A's. Mm. And so it's, it's throughout the entire company, uh, you're seeing second, third generation happening like very consistently because like Trent said, he got excited to work at, at, their, at their, their company because of what his dad had built. He was excited to take on what his dad did. And I'm mm -hmm. seeing that at, at Chick-fil-A too. So yeah, Trent, that's, that's really cool. Um, I'd like to transition a little bit, unless you have more comments about working with your dad, but I'd like to transition a little bit about working with, with these other two young guys uh, that you're working with and, and talk a little bit about the company that you started, uh, just very briefly what that's like, and then we're going to get a little bit into goal setting, but what was that like starting a company, you know, like another cash cow? You already have one cash cow, and now you're building another yeah. one, um, and you're duplicating your, your knowledge in that. What's that like? Super fun. So right when I started at FPS, I was coming into this brand new business and doing all these new tendencies and trying to figure out my habits and just doing all these new things. And after you work, I've been there five years, after you kind of understand those, then you just don't need to do them anymore. They're just your natural habit. So it's cool to come into here mm -hmm. and uh, with Reliant Coatings and just build it from the ground up. So it's been an awesome blessing because uh, Noah, Connor, and I had all sat down and we identified each role before we even started to see if this mm. would work because we were all full-time employees elsewhere. And um, we just identified each role. <laughs> who can take this area, who can take this chunk, and who can take this chunk, and that's what's really made it um, a great dynamic because everybody's objectives are listening, uh, and we just uh, what what is going to work for this specific task or – uh, just building, building the company. And we just stay connected, just like my dad and I uh, stay connected. If you're frustrated, let them know. And if you're really mm. proud of them, let them know. Mm. That is so awesome. We don't, we don't, we don't hold back. We've had a couple, couple uh, screaming matches, but it's, it's always the best. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes you got to get it out yeah. and tell them how you really Sometimes feel. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So do they do they work with their dad at all? Any of them? Do they have a relationship yeah. like you have with your dad, where they work for their dad's company? Yeah. So Connor worked for his dad's company, which is Turnbell Masonry, and they were doing concrete masonry okay. stuff. But Connor uh, didn't find the same love for that business as his own, and he always wanted to just create his own business. And then Noah, he had worked mm -hmm. at UPS, but he had the itch. Like he just wanted to to start his own thing. He didn't care what it was. He just wanted his own business and his goal. Like when he was uh, dreaming as a kid, he always dreamed of being his own boss. So that's uh, when we were able to come together and realize this team would be a good dynamic, then a bunch of people's dreams came true. And that's what makes it really yeah, fun because awesome. obviously there's a lot of stress from it and growing pains, but it, it's so worth it. Yeah, it's so fun to sit down, um, and I'm way more in a 
my brother Philip and I, I've, I've given him a leadership role at our company. And we're not 50-50 partners or, or three-way partners like you all, but we, we often sit down and talk about the stressful things and talk about the great things. We just did that yesterday. It was cold, so we just got together and talked about different customers mm -hmm. and, and some of our goals and stuff. And so it's, it's really fun. Sometimes it's lonely being an entrepreneur. If you're a sole, sole proprietor, uh, it's a little bit lonely not having anybody to share that with. So it's important to share that. I like what you said. If you're frustrated, let them know. And if you're proud, let them know. That's, that's mm -hmm. great. Um, you know, and, and if you, if you never share when you're proud of them, the frustrations will come across completely different. But if you do mm -hmm. uh, sh share some frustrations, but you also share, you know, there's a, complimentary sandwich there where you compliment and then you mm -hmm. you know share a frustration and you compliment again um, that's that's very important so I met uh, both of your other partners before sharp young guys uh, so cool that you guys are working together uh, but you shared just casually on the phone the other day we were talking he had, he had a really quick question on on a, a specific product on a job and Trent was sharing about hitting their goals and he was very specific um, so most of us and most of our listeners are in the roofing industry, and he was sharing with me that they hit both of their goals. And I was like, okay, what's that? And so they had a gross revenue goal, and they also had an amount of roofs they wanted to complete, goal or sell. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was really cool. Like they didn't – you can do one or both, um, or you can one or do one or the other, but to have both is very important. So I, I love that you guys set that goal, um, which are both great goals. But talk a little bit about goal setting. And I know you've learned a lot of these things from your experience, maybe maybe at your educational or your secondary education of reading books, listening to podcasts, but probably a lot of them you learn from, you know, School of Hard Knocks, working with your dad. Yep. And uh, talk a little bit about setting goals and being specific with the goals. We all love to dream big and set huge goals, mm -hmm. but when we're really specific about them, they're more achievable. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, goals are fantastic. Goals kind of really give me my drive every day because you just really keep pushing. Uh, but when I was in college, I had a professor that always said, uh, proper prior planning avoids piss poor performance. And I just thought that was super <laughs> awesome because it's so true. And then I found with goals, if you be intentional with them, you'll actually achieve them. So yeah, when you're in high school or when, you're, when I was in school or just early on, I write a goal like, oh, I wanna sell a million dollars this year or I wanna uh, buy a brand new house. It's like okay, you can all you can write that down, but if you're not intentional about every single step to get there, you're not going to get it. So basically, what I do with goals is, beginning of the year, I have the goal set. So it's like you, I, I take even up to two weeks to just identify each one because I want to make sure I know which one, like where we need to go. And then it's always mm -hmm. compounded on from the previous year, so I reflect on the previous year's goals and then compound onto those to. Uh, create the new year's goals but um i put them on a spreadsheet and then i track uh each month progressions and then by tracking that or the way i track that is through a habit tracker so my habits on my phone are actually a habit that is just that one small baby step each day to get that goal completed and that just mm. i just find that it's so much easier and then i'll do quarterly reviews for the goals because you're seeing them if you write the goal down look at the sheet and <laughs> don't come back to it till next New Year's for your New Year's resolution. It's like, well, you probably forgot about what you're trying to do. So I just keep them right in your face. Mm. Yeah, Great. I love that. So do you have, um, so like you set your big like yearly goals 
And then do you have, and you said you do kind of like daily things to get there. Do you also have like monthly milestones kind of mm-hmm. that you set to meet each month or quarter or whatever as well? Yeah, so uh, for an example at FPS, uh, I read this great book called, uh, it's actually called Great by Choice, and in the book there's a small section or chapter that talks about the 20-mile march, and uh, basically it's a 20% increase or increased growth each year compounded, so basically last year we want to be 20% over last year this year, and then next year over this year, and um, mm-hmm. that's just a goal, so we'll, we'll write, okay, so for an example, we're at $5 million in revenue. Okay, to get 20%, each month we have to increase total sales by this dollar amount, 250000 So then that's, sure. that's the milestone. And then we'll do the day-to-day. So it's like how much do you have to sell per day or generate per day? And then we check for the month. Okay, so we were 15% short in January, so February we have to kind of step up and just find creative ways to sell and um, kind of hit that goal. Gotcha. That's awesome. Love it. This is like a, I feel like we could <clears throat> get into a master class on goal setting here. That's that's really <laughs> like solid. I hope, listener, I hope you're paying attention because this is goals are so important and this is like such a super simple thing. I think you could kind of gloss over this, but super practical like tips on setting goals. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I it's can, so easy uh, to just uh, like as an entrepreneur Oh, we're having a little like. <laughs> Go ahead, Trent. Yeah, uh, I was just saying that I had a, a mentor uh, basically say you have to set goals for every single avenue in your life. So business goals, personal goals, and uh, kind of everything else. So I have this whole spreadsheet of like five different areas. So it's like my reading goal, my spiritual goal, my personal goal, and then uh, professional mm-hmm. goals, and just do the same things for each. Hmm. Love it. It's great. Yeah, because it's so easy as an entrepreneur who has a lot of energy and has, you know, focused <laughs> energy to just go out and work. And we think that we're just going to hit our goals by doing that. Uh, but one thing I like about setting specific goals is we can see where we're lacking. Um, mm-hmm. Like in, in part of my business, I have new recruits and then I have volume. And it seems like every other year, one is stronger than the other. And if I look at my actions, I can see why one is stronger than the other. So when I track my daily actions, like you're saying, you're happy, it, it, it shows you what you need to work on, but it also exposes what you're, sl- what you're lacking on. Like you're, you're, you're a little bit slow on this part. Um, so yeah, that's, I like this. You're really, and I knew this. I, I knew this would come out, Nick, because when I was talking to him, he shared those specific goals. And usually, people don't have those specific goals uh, that they that they just share freely like that. And so, I expected that uh, Trent has a system, and I, and I was right, a hundred percent. So, do you have five-year goals for your companies as well? Um, I know maybe with a new company, it's a little <coughs> bit harder to set, um, but with you know the company you run with your dad, an established company, it's maybe a little bit easier to kind of predict. Um, but do you set like longer goals? We already talked about the long, long goal of, of leading a legacy. But what about like your five-year goal and how do you track that kind of the same way as your yearly goal? Or what does that look yeah. like? Yeah. So that's really helpful um, with setting a yearly goal is to set that five-year, 10-year goal or plan. So in, in 10 years, I want to have 
three kids with my wife, and we want to have this. Uh, we want to have 20 acres of land so they can go out and play. So it's like, okay, so break that down for this year or each day. How do I get an inch closer there? And for an example, mm-hmm. it'd be, uh, well, save $50 today, and then save $50 yep. Wednesday, and just pile it into a savings account, and then you realize that you can maybe in 10 years get the 20-acre plot that you want. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just super intentionality. It's If you really actually want this goal, you'll find a way to get to it. And it's always just remaining uh, diligent. My favorite verse in the Bible is... Uh, Proverbs thirteen four. It's uh, the soul of a sluggard desires and has nothing, but the soul of a diligent so, uh, shall be vastly supplied. And I find that could be applicable mm. in any ask or like any area in your life. If you want to be, uh, if you're a super diligent husband, you'll have a great family. If you're a super diligent business owner, have a great business or vastly supplied. So whatever mm. uh, you're diligent for, you'll be supplied in. And I find that's really uh, helpful to be intentional to get the goals. And if you identify me, write them down. You're like, I want to sell 15 roofs this year. It's like, okay, how do you sell 15 roofs? You have to make a lot of phone calls. You have to do a lot of marketing to actually sell because mm-hmm. you're not going to sell every roof that you go on or every uh, customer that you meet in person for fire protection. So it's like, how many do I need to hit to get to that? How much time do I need to spend to get to it? So it's just the intentionality each day. And then if I'm slow that day, I just think about that verse, be diligent. So then it just kind of gives me that shelf. Yeah. Like, ah, I need to make 20 uh, cold calls today. I really don't want to, but then I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love the the example in the Bible about bearing your talents. And it comes right along with being diligent. Like, if you have a talent and you know you have it and you know you're good at it, like, you got to use it. Because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it goes right along with being diligent. But um, we had somebody on the podcast a while back. I think Kayla Livesey actually mentioned it. And she said a dream – I think it might have been Brandon Keithley too. I'm not sure. But I asked, what's the difference between a dream and a goal? And they said a dream is something you think of once, and a goal is something that you think of consistently and, and mm-hmm. plan out. And so mm-hmm. to, when you said having three children and a farm on 20 acres or a plot of land with 20 acres and a nice house on it, most people would call that a dream, but for Trent, it's a goal because everything he does in his life is going to go towards that goal. He's thinking about it consistently. It's on his spreadsheet. It's not a dream. I shouldn't say it's not a dream. It is a dream with a goal. And so I want to challenge our listeners to, to actually sit down and dream. Maybe you've never dreamt of having three children or 20 acres or something like that, but set a five-year or a 10-year dream, but then let's turn it into a goal. And let's break it down, and maybe you have to make some major life changes. Um, maybe the, the life you're living right now won't get you there. Maybe you have to change your job or change who you hang out with or find a spouse or find a, a running buddy. I don't know what it is, or find a mentor. But but check out your you know your dreams. And, and Karen Livesey, which is – I keep mentioning the Livesey. really good friends of mine. Um, she put something on Facebook, and she listed out her, her dreams. She said there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. And it's simple things like owning a Jeep or owning a side-by-side or having 10 beef cows. You know, mm-hmm. having, you know it's, it's crazy when we see people with these things and we think we could never afford that or never have that. But they probably dreamt about it one day, set a goal, and went to work. And so I see you doing that, Trent, which is really, really awesome and being disciplined, um, not having it right now. It's not a microwave. 
you know, you're not going to have it tomorrow. Um, but you know what? Mm -hmm. It's a slow smoker. And, you know, sometimes Nick and I have to smoke the meat for 20 to 25, 24 hours before we get what we're looking for. And so mm -hmm. it's being disciplined, taking the time, setting the goals. Um, but no, I, this is great. I, you're such a, just such a smart young man and mm -hmm. your personal development is coming from being disciplined with your time and your goals. So that's, that's so exciting. I love it. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a awesome conversation. I'm glad we could have you on. Um, I think Warren, unless you have other, any other questions, I think I might transition into the lightning round now. Well, I have about enough notes that I think, uh, I can ponder <laughs> yeah. on this for, for, a while. I, I don't think I have to read my book today. I think I'll just take notes, notes yeah, right. from the podcast and uh, look exactly. up some of these things. I've already put a Facebook status <clears throat> up, so we'll see. Nice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, so Trent, we're going to move into our lightning round, which is, uh, so I have six questions I'm going to ask as, as uh, just kind of business related and as quickly as you can answer, I'll ask them. So you ready to get started? You bet. All right. <clears throat> Number one is... What is the number one thing any business owner needs to know? I think integrity or just kind of identifying with the integrity. It's the do mm. the right thing always, even though um, it might set you back. You might not be able to hit your revenue goal because you had to say no to a specific customer. I think acting with integrity and just doing the right thing always will inevitably bring it to the right to the step you want to be at love it what is the best thing you've done to find new customers best thing overall overall yeah whatever comes to um, mind I'd say uh, for me personally it's been cold calling and kind of building those prefer uh, personal relationships so it's uh, hmm. maybe even networking events where we'll go out and you'll just have a conversation. You're talking about how the brewers had a bad season, but next year they could come back and then all of a sudden you transition into what you guys do and then you build that relationship and um, gain a customer. So I find that was that's, that's my most fun way to do it. I can't say for sure if that's the most effective, uh, but I enjoy doing that all the time. Um, we also find that uh, Facebook marketing does a pretty good job for the roofs, uh, but overall, it's you still have to build a relationship. Even if you get the lead, you still have to build the relationship, make sure they can trust you, mm -hmm. and you trust them, and then you kind of go forward. Yeah, awesome. How do you stop competing on price? I think it's the... So, my... Right when I started selling, I always thought like you just had to be the lowest price to uh, get customers. It's just not effective. You can't do that, and you don't get that many customers. Uh, so I find that mm -hmm. it's, I, I intentionally listen to everything the customer says. So if it's, if it's um, their roof leaking in this area, and we have a solution that we can help them with, we will identify that solution, tell them we can help them. And then usually the price is the last thing we talk about in the conversation because it's like, you have an issue, we can help solve that. So it's identifying that, and then it's building that personal relationship. And obviously we're gonna make mm -hmm. sure the price is competitive, but we're never, mm -hmm. I mean, we can be competitive, but sometimes it's like, it's just not applicable. If you want all these extra things done for your service, it's gonna cost more. But because we sat and listened, we can identify exactly what they're looking for, and usually mm -hmm. customers don't 
um, don't worry too much. But sometimes if it's like a larger contract, we will have to maneuver. So a lot of the times I just ask kind of what's your budget? And some customers are like, well, I just give me your best price, but I'll just ask because it's like if I can't if I can't meet that, then I don't want to waste your time anymore. However, I do want to sit here and talk and keep trying to learn. Can we help you or can we not? So mm -hmm. we've had to turn down a lot of customers because what they're looking for, we just can't we can't support. Yeah. So we find I love that. So yeah, that's, that's <clears throat> go ahead. Sorry. You say sell the benefits, not the not the product. Which I love yeah. that. That's great. Uh, what is the favorite tool or system you use for managing your business? Love Outlook 365. Hmm. So I do a lot of spreadsheets. And I just I track everything I do in the day. So I love using a spreadsheets or Word document, Outlook for uh, email. But um, QuickBooks is pretty great for bookkeeping. It just it's really mm -hmm. clean. They have a great system for keeping that uh, in line. And then I personally use the Reminders app constantly, my whole day. So I have a I have a, a hard copy checklist that I have in my binder, and then I'll have that co that checklist copied to my Reminders app. So everything everything in the day is just one by one. So I find oh. that's really helpful Love for it. my business. Um, operation just for me personally yeah awesome what is your favorite business or self-development book Ooh. there's so many good ones I love rich dad poor dad very good read mm-hmm um, great one how to win friends and influence people it's kind of like that first book if you haven't read too many self-development that's the first one you should start <laughs> with and then they all start trickling mm -hmm. But I found yep. uh, the Go Giver is a super good one too because it's just about mm. business mm. and, and kind of it's it's almost a, a add on to that servant leadership, but it's not quite servant leadership, and it's just a sweet okay. story on how those uh, integrity decisions in your business. And it might slow you down right now, but eventually it'll help help you get to where you wanted to be. So I like that one a lot. Interesting. I have that one on my bookshelf. I haven't read it yet, but I should. I should. Get to Super it. worth it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those where you start it and you'll finish it that day if you have enough time to to read it because it's wow, just nice. it just goes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And finally, number six. What is the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself or stand out? I find. I think uh, visibility and branding is huge for business. Uh, if you want to differentiate yourself, it's uh, have that brand and just uh, remain super consistent with it, consistent with your mm -hmm. visibility uh, for your marketing. Um, you just they kind of see you all the time, so I feel like that's really helpful. But then also, you're saying all these things, and then make sure your team and yourself you you match what you're saying. For if you're doing the marketing, mm -hmm. match what you're saying. Uh, and yep. then also, I I find. Uh, that if you let's say you do an online marketing or you do flyers for roofing, but you know the area, we'll do the flyers and then we'll actually cold call those places too. So it's kind of double down on visibility, and that really <laughs> helps us stand out because you're like, oh, if I need my roof done, well, who stopped and saw them and whose flyer did they have? They'll kind mm -hmm. of call us, 
and then for fire protection, it's the same thing. Just staying out there. Um, I constantly rep the business, so it's always just you see me, you see me as the fire guy or maybe the roof guy soon. I don't know. Yep. Love it. It's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so real quick as we as we kind of wrap up, what uh, what are you excited about? Anything big coming up in the next couple months for you that's got you pumped? Yeah, super excited uh, because the roofing season's done, so I'm really excited to set 2023 goals and just find out mm. what worked, what didn't work this year. So kind of the recap, uh, FPS, we're coming into our busiest season. For some reason, October, November, and December gets really heavy. So I'm really excited mm. to identify some of the new strategies uh, we created to see if they worked. And then, again, the recap yeah. of the year and starting for next year. So that'll be coming. Um, my wife is pregnant, so she'll be, she won't quite be due in a few months, but uh, she will be quitting her job to come stay at home for a while. So I'm excited to see the adjustment oh, nice. there. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. So exciting. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. that's great. That's cool things. So how does someone reach out if someone is interested in learning more about you or business or if someone really wants to dig into like goals and, and setting goals and, and maybe helps putting up together a spreadsheet or a plan or anything like that? Um, what's the best yeah. way for people to reach out and get in touch? Yeah, I find a phone call is the best because I'm constantly getting phone calls, so I feel like I'll, I'll answer quickly to that or an email. Uh, my phone okay. number is 608-498-7420. Uh, and then my email is uh, trenton at fpsweb.net. Trenton at fpsweb.net. Awesome. Love it. All right. So last thing, I always like to get one last little nugget of wisdom out of my guests before we let them off the hook. So what, mm -hmm. is the, what is the number one piece of advice you would give to anybody who is looking to start their own business? I'd say identify where you want to be. It's kind of, I, I feel like nowadays with the entrepreneurship or, or goal setting, everybody's looking at what everybody else is doing. They're looking at, oh, mm -hmm. they started a roofing company or they started a fire protection company last year and they grossed all this money. So I think it's really like, okay, I want to be here. I guess, yeah, just intentionality with what you're doing. If you want to start a business, do you actually want to start that business or is it just kind of like this thought process like right now? But I would encourage uh, business start, uh, to start your own business because it's fantastic and uh, extremely rewarding and also stressful but uh, fun. I'd just say, I'd say shoot for it. Uh, just make sure you identify that you're willing to uh, see it through. Yeah, and I love that about doing what's best for you, not just what everybody else is doing. That's, that's so great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so awesome well, well this has been a fantastic conversation thank you so much Trent for taking the time to join us this was this was a lot of fun uh, listeners I hope you got uh, some good things out of that there was a lot of really good uh, tips and nuggets in there so 
Um, I hope this was beneficial for you. Thanks again, as always, for joining us every week and listening. Uh, make sure you like or subscribe if you haven't. Uh, leave us a comment or, or shoot us uh, an email if you have any comments. We'd love to hear from you. With that being said, guys, let's take this week and go vertical. Let's go. Let's set some goals and go big. Let's do it. Yeah.